0: Reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 51. Verily, verily, I say unto you, If a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Are thou greater than our father Abraham which is dead, and the prophets are dead, whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honour myself, my honour is nothing. It is my Father that honoureth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you but I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he sought and was glad. And said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. I draw your attention to the words of verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Abraham seeing the Lord Jesus. Abraham seeing the Saviour brought him gladness. And when anyone sees Christ with the eye of faith, that's what it does. It brings gladness. Seeing the Saviour should bring gladness. Not sadness, not enmity, but joy and gladness. The Lord Jesus spoke these words to the unbelieving, antagonistic Jews of Jerusalem. In their jostling and bickering and finding fault with the Lord Jesus, they have brought Abraham's name in. First they did this in verse 33. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye shall be made free? They love Abraham. They love to bring in his name. They love to feel that Abraham is on their side in any religious question. But they despise the Lord Jesus. The Lord had said that if any man will keep his word, he will not see death. He said that in verse 51. And the Jews, they responded to that. And they said, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Who do you think you are, Jesus? Abraham and the prophets were God's men, and they're dead. Who are you to say, Followers of you will never die? And so they think that they have the Lord Jesus entrapped now. He'd not be able to get out of that, they're thinking. They're kind of saying, if Abraham was here now, he would be on our side. He would frown at such talk. He would stand with us, his children. But Christ knows Abraham. He knows Abraham better than they know him. He knows his very heart. He knows his feelings and his innermost deep emotions and he knows Abraham would not share in the antagonism of the Jews. He knows Abraham would not have malice or hatred towards him and he could say your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it And was glad. He knows that Abraham was rejoicing to see Christ. Now notice how the expression is double-barreled. Abraham rejoiced to see my day. That we would think is sufficient in itself. But the Lord repeats the sentiment. And he saw it. And was glad. So twice there's a reference to seeing, and twice there is a reference to rejoicing or gladness. And yet it is not exactly a repetition. It is a progression. The first is a rejoicing of anticipation. Rejoiced that he would see my day, or rejoiced that he might see it. Rejoiced that it was coming. And he has this expectation to see it and in this expectation he was looking forward to seeing it and he was rejoicing in that expectation and at the prospect of it but in progress of time he did see it and he had gladness when he saw it so he was rejoicing to see it and when he saw it he rejoiced there's a difference There's progression, there's expectation, and there is fulfillment. It is like a wife who is expecting. She's rejoicing to see the day the baby arrives. She's rejoicing at the prospect, looking forward to it. But at last the day comes, the baby arrives. And she's glad to see the baby. She's glad to see his day. She's glad that he's been born. And both are true of Abraham. And we will come back to that in a moment. But notice the response of the Jews in verse 57. They said unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? They knew Abraham was dead about 2,000 years. And they said to the Lord, Thou art not yet 50. Now we expected them to say, Thou art not yet 50 years old, and has Abraham seen you? But it is the other way. Thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Abraham. This shows that they understood the Lord to speak of a literal scene a literal knowing an encounter not just a scene by faith or an intellectual scene a comprehension they understood the Lord to mean that he had actually seen Abraham rejoicing who was rejoicing to see Christ and he knew why Christ what he knew why Abraham was rejoicing. And so there was, in their mind, an encounter. How could this be? Were you there? And the Lord Jesus tells them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. And this is a very strong and firm Yes. Have you seen our father Abraham? Before Abraham was I am. He's saying yes. I was there. There in person. There is God there because the eternal one. The Jews understood perfectly what he meant, and they are infuriated. They regard this claim as blasphemy. They felt he was worthy of death and they're willing to carry out sentence themselves and to take the law into their own hands. And we read, Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. If we go back to our text then, verse 56, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. The Lord Jesus saw Abraham. Some rejoicing and he knew why Abraham was rejoicing. The Lord Jesus was there. How could he know this otherwise? It is not just as a prophet that the Lord says it. The prophets could say things about the past and about the future because it was revealed to them. They received revelation, God's word, and could infallibly speak about hidden things, things that they had never witnessed. The Lord Jesus is a great prophet, but he is not telling the Jews about Abraham's joy and uh, the cause of that joy and because it has been revealed unto him by his Father or because he he knows the Scriptures. No, he is the Eternal One, the Ever-Present One who knows. Who was there? How do you know Abraham was full of joy? How do you know he was glad at your seeing your day? How do you even know he saw your day? I am. He was there. And so the Jews are basically saying, were you there? He's dead 2,000 years. How could you know him? he was there? There is the divine messenger of the covenant. And so the Lord Jesus did see Abraham in Abraham's day. There is, for example, Genesis chapter 22. The angel of the Lord called on to Abraham out of heaven the second time. And he said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing and has not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee And in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. And this was after the, the offering up on Mount Moriah of Isaac, his only son which offering he was prevented from completing by the intervention of the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord is Jehovah. He speaks as Jehovah, by myself have I sworn. And he gives to Abraham a promised blessing. This is Christ. Christ was there. He saw Abraham. And he gave to him the promises of Christ's day. The promise of a seed. The promise of the gathering in of the Gentiles. In thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham had an encounter with Christ. Christ had an encounter with him in Abraham's day. That's the thing. He saw that Abraham connected all of this with Messiah. Messiah. He could see that Abraham was rejoicing at the prospect. Rejoicing to see that coming Messiah. That was a scene by faith. That was a rejoicing in anticipation. And that's the first part that the Lord Jesus is referring to. He rejoiced to see my day. The prospect of it. The approach of it. The certainty of its coming. Of course Abraham was not alone in that regard. All the prophets were in expectation and were rejoicing at that prospect of the coming Messiah, the coming promised seed, the one promised from Genesis chapter 3. As the apostle to the Hebrews says, they all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. You see, they saw them, but they saw them afar off. And they were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And so they received a good report because of their faith. And so it was this scene by faith, afar off. And that refers to the first part of our text. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Rejoice that he would see it. Rejoice that it was coming. He, this is a scene by faith. But there is more. More than faith. More than anticipation. There is participation. And so the Lord Jesus adds, and he saw it. He did see it. And was glad. This is progressive. This is not, as I said, Not just repetition. This is faith turned to sight. Abraham saw. And I think this is more than seen by faith. The Lord doesn't just say to the Jews, you see, it's written down there in Genesis, and he doesn't quote Genesis 22. He might have done that. He didn't correct the Jews and say, Oh, you're mistaken if I give the impression that he literally saw me. No, I just mean he saw me in the promise. He saw me afar off. He saw me like the other prophets saw me. The Lord doesn't say that. He doesn't correct their thinking. He doesn't say he saw me just as the pre-incarnate one. Now, he certainly did see the Lord Jesus as a pre-incarnate one. But there's more. I think the Lord must mean he saw me as you see me. One who looks 50 years old. How could he have seen? Actually seen Christ? The Lord Jesus is talking as if he did. And the Jews understand him as saying that. I call to your remembrance how this dialogue went in this direction at the, from the beginning. In verse 51, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Never see death? I mean, that's a remarkable claim. And the Lord Jesus can make that claim. This is a promise of eternal life to those who keep Christ's word. Only he who is the life, the eternal life, could say this. To Jesus, those who believe in him are not dead. They have life. They're living. Even when they die, they're living. How can this be? Because Christ is the resurrection and the life. And those that he gives eternal life to shall never perish. And when they die, they sleep. Death is but Christ's servant to bring them to heaven. They don't die like the ungodly and unconverted die. They die in Christ. They die in faith. They die in the hope of the resurrection. And they shall be raised unto life eternal. And so in that sense they, they never see death. The way the ungodly see death. And so verse 51 is true. If a man keep my saying he shall never see death. And that applies equally to Abraham. To the Old Testament saints as well. Abraham is living in the sense that Jesus says it, he has never seen death. He's among those who had faith, among those who believed, among those who kept the word of Christ, who were rejoicing in in the Messiah. The Jews, of course, say, well, Abraham is dead, is he? The Jews are saying, that cannot apply to Abraham. Now we know you have a devil. Abraham's dead. He was a friend of God. Who are you? How can you talk like this? And we have to say, is is Abraham outside the promise of Christ? In verse 51, no. And the Lord Jesus says so. He saw my day. And I am convinced that this must be a scene after Abraham's death, a recent scene. Now, yes, Abraham saw in his life. He saw the day and the prospect. But there came a time when he saw it. Literally saw it. And this is a recent scene. So let, let us be clear about this. When the Lord Jesus left heaven and he came into the world... Abraham was living, not indeed on on the earth in the body, but living eternally, enjoying life in the world to come. Do you remember whenever the Saviour was encountered by the Sadducees who deny that there is a resurrection? Talking about this death and men die and that's it and they came up with this, this Illustration, they said, if a man's brother die having a wife and he die without children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. There were therefore seven brethren. The first took a wife and died without children, and the second took her to wife and he died childless. And then all the rest of the brethren did as they each died in turn, and then at last the woman died. And then they said, Who's in the resurrection? Whose wife of them is she? And the Lord Jesus give them an answer. But amongst the answers, the Lord Jesus said in verse 38, God is not a God of the dead, but of the living, for all live unto him. And this includes Abraham. God appeared to Moses in the bush and he called himself the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And God is not the God of the dead, of the living. Abraham's living. Isaac is living. Jacob is living. They're alive. Alive in the world to come, awaiting the resurrection. So Abraham is living. And Abraham saw Christ's day and was glad. And so when the only begotten came into the world, We know that all the angels were there. We know all the angels saw him when he was born in Bethlehem. All of heaven is there singing, all the angel, angelic choir. Heaven knows. Heaven sees. And I am sure that this awareness extends to the spirits of justified men made perfect. Now, I don't want to speculate on the triumphant saints knowledge and awareness of what is going on on the earth. That Abraham was living and at rest in the world to come and that all who die go to be with him, the Lord Jesus Christ has taught us. You, you remember how he said that there was a rich man, he was clothed in purple and fine linen, he furred sumptuously every day and there was the beggar Lazarus he was led at the rich man's gate. He was full of sores. He desired to be fed. The dogs licked his wounds. He didn't seem to get much by way of charity from the rich man, however, and the, and the beggar died. And he was carried by angels. were Into Abraham's bosom. Into the world to come, into the place of rest. To be with Father Abraham, to be near to him. And the rich man, he died, but he went to to hell. And so in in heaven, and saints go to be where Abraham is, and they go to be with Abraham, and they're, as it were, on his bosom, that is. They're resting in him, they're having fellowship with him. These, These saints are not dumb. They're not resting in Abraham's bosom, dumb. No, they're communing and fellowshipping and they're talking and after Christ's birth heaven must have been filled with news about the Lord Jesus. Simeon and Anna, they soon went there they soon went into Abraham's bosom they soon were telling him the story Abraham's going to be well informed of these things and it is no more faith There can, you see, be no faith in heaven. It's all sight now, all seen, all light. And even as Abraham died and went to be with the Lord, he saw, he could see. It was all clear to him as day. John Calvin said that the coming of Christ was manifested to Holy Spirits after death. Of which coming they were held in expectation during the whole of their life. In other words, while they were expecting it all their lives and looking forward to it, at death, all the light entered, all dawned, they could see clearly, they could see Christ's day was true, they saw it, and they rejoiced on earth. And when they got to heaven, they rejoiced in heaven. They saw it. And Abraham must have seen Christ's day. Now this day must refer to Christ's life on earth. His life in the body. His life of service and opportunity. I must work while it is day. His day. And so the scene of Christ's day is the scene when he lived. And he, he could see it in expectation. The life that Christ would live. He knew he would come. He knew he'd live on the earth. But there came a day he saw it. He saw it. There are some who say seeing Christ's day is not the same as seeing Christ. But I think they are mistaken. To see a man's day And not see the man does not make sense in the context. Remember the Lord Jesus said to the Jews in Jerusalem, speaking to Jerusalem, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. And so Jerusalem had her day, The people in Jerusalem had their day. It was the day of their life, the day of opportunity, the day whenever they were living, the day whenever they were seeing the miracles of Christ and hearing the word of Christ. It was their day of opportunity. And Christ's day is his day of service and opportunity on the earth. And Abraham saw that day. That is, he saw Christ living in that day. Now of course we don't read of Abraham actually visiting earth and witnessing for himself Christ in his day. But may not these words of the Lord Jesus imply it to be so? The Lord pulls a veil over the details of how and when. Now when Christ came into the world and was born in Bethlehem I cannot but think that Abraham and all the saints in heaven were aware of so great an event. In a sense, they, they saw it. But perhaps even there's even more than that. The Lord Jesus may even be referring to more than that. We certainly read of Moses and Elijah in the Mount. Remember at the Transfiguration, he took Peter, James and John and they went into a mountain. He often did that to pray usually he was alone and as he prayed his countenance was altered and there were two men talking with him and we know that they were Moses and Elijah and they were speaking with the Savior about his decease that he was going to accomplish at Jerusalem his, his death now i've said in the past whenever we were studying the, the transfiguration that these mountain top experiences were probably fairly common for the Lord Jesus. He often went up alone into the peaks. But only once were several apostles present that we read of. And they only saw because they woke up from a deep, deep sleep. They seemed to have interrupted the event, become witnesses to it by awaking. And I do not think that The visit of Moses and Elijah was necessarily a once-off visit. And who is to say that Abraham did not get a visit? That Abraham did not see? Who, Who is there to say that? Now we don't know for sure. We don't know for certain that Abraham did get an opportunity to talk to the Lord Jesus about the deceased. But neither do we know for certainty that he did not. And who, who would say Abraham could not have seen and Jesus say he he saw it. He rejoiced that he would see Christ's day. And then Jesus says he saw it he witnessed it. he was a partaker of it he saw he saw clearly how could the Lord Jesus be implying more? The Jews certainly think there was some sort of an encounter. Have you seen Abraham? You're not even 50. He's dead. He's in the grave. But then so was Moses in the grave. And he saw Christ. And so the Lord Jesus may be referring here to, to something more. But anyway, the Lord Jesus could certainly say he saw. He saw clearly. And he was not antagonistic. He had no animosity. He was not malicious. He was rejoicing. He was glad. He was jubilant. He was filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Earlier on in the chapter, the Jews again said to Jesus in verse 39, Abraham is our father. Oh, they're always saying this, always harping on at this. What did Jesus say? If you were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth which I have heard of God. And then he adds these words. This did not Abraham. Your father rejoiced to see my day. He saw it. And he didn't do what you do. He didn't go about to kill me. He hadn't got this animosity. He hadn't got this malice. He saw and was glad. And if you were his children, you would do his works. You would have his heart. Abraham rejoiced. Abraham was glad, and it was at the sight of Christ. Faith brings joy. Faith in Christ brings gladness. Remember how it says later on in the book, after the resurrection, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. This is a a theme. In John's gospel. And it goes as far back as Abraham. He saw. And was glad. And John writes his gospel. So that we might see that same Christ. And have that same joy. Christianity is a religion of joy. This then is a mark of a true Christian, saying and rejoicing in a Saviour who is the Lord Jesus Christ. And you should not be in opposition to the Gospel. You shouldn't be in opposition to the Saviour. No man should be rejecting Christ. This did not Abraham. The Gospel made Abraham glad. And it'll make sinners glad if they believe and receive Christ. So you see, it doesn't make a man self-righteous and antagonistic to the grace of God. Such a man has no joy. The Jews are joyless. Oh, they, have, they think Abraham on their side. They're so proud. They're so boastful, they think they know the scriptures, they think they know all, and they just look down upon Jesus with disdain and contempt. They haven't experienced the joy of the gospel. But the gospel melts men. It changes men. It makes men humble and gentle and kind and especially glad. And these Jews have none of this. They're hard, malicious, angry, cross, proud, arrogant, unbelievers. But those who have seen and believe Rejoice in Jesus. They're glad. And you should be glad, child of God. You should be content. You should be rejoicing and walking humbly. Because you have a Saviour. One who loved you and who died for you. Remember Peter says, Whom have you not seen, Ye love. Abraham saw uh, more than faith, as I say, I believe. But we we haven't seen yet we have we're not where Abraham is yet, we're not in the in that glory in the light where uh, we know even as we're known, no, we only have faith now, and whom have you not seen ye love, and in whom though now ye see him not yet believe him, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Abraham has experienced more than we have experienced, he saw. But we only have faith. And still we should have joy unspeakable and full of glory. But what will it be when we see him? We're rejoicing at the prospect of seeing him. But what will it be when we see him? Oh, as Abraham experienced, so shall the saints experience great gladness. And Another thing is, the Lord is conscious of our joy in him. Abraham saw him, but Jesus saw Abraham. And what did he see about Abraham? What made him delight in Abraham? It was the joy. He sees Abraham's joy and that thrilled Christ. He sees when his people are glad in him. It delights him. That's why the apostle is always saying, rejoice in the Lord. That pleases the Lord so much that you're rejoicing in him, that you're glad in him. Everything's maybe hard and life's difficult and you don't have very much, but you're just so happy in Jesus. That delights him. It delights him here in the midst of opposition. The thought that Abraham, the one who they claim is their father, that he rejoiced in Christ and that just thrills Jesus and that upholds him and sustains him even in the midst of this opposition. Christ rejoices at our gladness. And as we praise him, he rejoices over us with singing. As we sing, this thrills Christ. Remember how he said, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am? that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. He wants his people to see his glory. He wants them to get the sight of that great radiance which he has with his Father. Because he knows that they'll be filled with joy and they'll be rejoicing. He wants them to have it. He doesn't just want them to see it, but he wants them to have the joy in seeing it. That's what he wants. These things have I spoken on to you, he said to his people, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be filled. Oh. He wants us to have full joy and we'll never get any more full joy than the joy of seeing Christ. Do you want to be more joyful? Do you want to have a deep, penetrating, sustaining gladness? Then just keep looking on to Jesus. Keep getting further glances of his glorious person and his matchless grace. And may the Lord fill you with joy unspeakable in your believing in him. To his great name be all praise. Amen.